Liz Truss resigns as UK Prime Minister. Now, why? Why is this an interesting thing to think of? Well, uh, she's only been in there for six weeks. Like, so she introduces Trussonomics, gives all these tax cuts for Britain's wealthiest, and then undid it because it dutied the bed really bad and screwed up the economy. Now, like, did she? did she not see... What happened when we tried that with Reagan? I mean, that stuff never trickles down. It, it, it doesn't. So, trust came into power after Boris Johnson resigned. So, not from a general election, but people did want her there, but they they, they didn't want her there, but they they went ahead anyways. I the it's just it, it, it's really interesting to. Th- thing to think about when like people step down like this and then like the process that you had to go through because like it, at least you know for Britain I mean a special election is more of an internal thing amongst you know members uh, so it, it's it's not something that like the general public's going to take part in so like this is really where like for, for Britain their form of Democracy is kind of maddening to them right now because they're they're now just getting pawned off onto the next person. And you know what's what's crazy is like the list of the next people because like they they're really thinking that they're like going to just replace their PM in like two weeks time, but like names are already being floated. And guess who's on the list? But Boris Johnson who had just resigned before, but it's like, he's like the only guy that like they can agree on. I mean, there's a couple others, but like, it's really weird that like the guy who, who left is it's, it's just woof. I, I can certainly say that I for once feel blessed to be in a dumpster fire that isn't as bad as someone else. You know, but speaking of problems of our own, uh, a memo to the FBI recently uh, warned of sympathy uh, in the Bureau for the January 6th events at the Capitol. A recently released email warned of this, uh, you know, group of sympathizers within the FBI and, and the Capitol Police. And, you know, the memo sent via the email, it, it it's... It's it's a really weird sign that like those with a badge are not recognizing their nonpartisan place in society, you know. So I mean, whether or not you believe something as a police officer, you got to enforce the law. So you know, it's 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 sad to think that there was an apathy within the system, whether it was created by the president or the people against him at the time, or the media, and how everything was portrayed, or QAnon, but, like, I mean, there's a myriad of reasons why each of these guys, you know, flipped on their own country 
but you know it's 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 crazy that like some of these guys that that were pointed out as sympathizers they they were really promoting the propaganda they uh you know they were supporting the whole big steel big lie all that stuff and and it's just it's insane to think that people so close to being investigating it and seeing it firsthand and the manipulation of truth and reality has gotten so skewed that even people that are within like they're right there within the bubble in dc and they still can't see their way out of the weeds because of the way that our social world is um so it's 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 kind of crazy. Yeah, the FBI hasn't commented, and quite frankly, like by the time that they do, nobody's going to care, or will it have any like oomph to it, or any any matter to this discussion because the discussion will be long gone. Um, you know, it, it's just that they have they've put together a lot, a lot to you know to really hold these people accountable. I mean, it was what nine hundred people arrested and charged with crimes. How how many are serving time already? Uh, how many to be serving a lot of time? You know, and then also because they're being charged with federal crimes, these are people revoked of uh, of certain rights, like voting and stuff like that. So that in itself, you know, stirs the pot in the conspiracy crowds because then they feel like they're. They're being stripped of their right to vote, even though they they practice a treasonous act. And, you know, and some people are like, well, black lives matter, blah, 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 blah. And those guys are looting and da, 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 and, and I don't think that people really grasp, like, the difference of just, like, people who take advantage of a citywide, like, protest that turns to riot. You know, because if you watch these things and how they develop on the news and like live feeds from people's phones, you usually have a like it's it's a targeted force of people who are there to protest. And then the second it goes wild, you see one, two, you know, couple guys go running off and going, oh, no fucking rules. Let's go do it. And then everybody in the crowd has to pay the price for those few people that really took advantage of a shit night. Whereas, like, everything is pointing towards a cohesively made attack that was it was planned over months. People making Facebook event pages, people people telling their family again, love them and never come back type of shit. It like it's it's nuts to think how much visible evidence, how many how many stupid paper trails that like if they had any common sense. How how many Facebook pages? How many how many discussions? How many people you know hopping on the convoy, getting on any news channel they can to say these things, to swear it up and down, and, you know? And it would be one thing for their case if they weren't on their own platforms doing it too. So it's one thing when they go all nuts and go, oh well, that's just a manipulation of of Facebook and Twitter, and you know they control the narrative, and it's like, bro, well then. What about all the terrible things you said on, you know, Telegram or Bumble or whatever or Truth Social? Like, all of those, like, are just, like, have proven. that. I mean, how, how much of the January 6th video do we get just by, like, taking it off of alt-right social media? 
because people were just posting and live streaming and because those <laughs> cuz they didn't they didn't pay real nerds to make the platform so there was no like encryption of the video it was really easy for the white hats to take all that i mean that's the craziest part to think about like for all of the the rhetoric and the word salad surrounding these guys that are trying to point it towards Antifa or saying that it was a crisis event sparked to just get rid of Trump. Bro, then how come all of you guys have a video of you? Like, nobody's going to waste their time. I mean, like, most of that developed live. So, I mean, that's the crazy part is how many of us were just sitting there slack chat watching it happen only to be gaslit by, you know, a select few who are, who are really there and then trying to say that they're not there only to turn around months later after being put on trial and then recognizing the error of the ways going, oh, shit, I fucked up. I backed the wrong horse. And that's a lot to digest. So, like, we need to ready ourselves for the next round. Uh, you know, that, that final bit of the January 6th committee when they come back around, uh, I'm definitely going to have something to say about it afterwards because, I mean, there's going to – one way or the other, it's going to affect the midterm election and it'll affect the next presidential election. And that's that's a lot. That's a lot, you know. Um, but enough about that. On the positive side of things, guess what, guys? That student loan forgiveness thing might actually be coming through. I mean, the Supreme Court for his, you know, off the deep end as it's been for the past few years, it, there are parts of it that, you know, want to contest it. There, there are people bringing it up. But as it looks, you just may have your shot at getting $20,000 in forgiveness if you qualify. So if you'd like to apply, you can go to studentaid.gov. I'm going to put that in the show notes. Just click on apply now. And he asks you some super simple info. And it does not require documentation about your income, student loans. After the form is submitted, it should take four to six weeks to process as long as your loans are eligible. Now, most borrowers who apply before... Mid-November should expect to get their debt canceled before January 1st. Uh, and that's when, like, all the federal student loans are, like, supposed to restart after their pandemic pause. So, um, you know, good on you if you qualify. If you can't, I guess wait in line. I mean, this is really, you know, what's really confused me the most in watching the response to this is that, like, how much it's the working class tearing itself apart. It, it really does tend to be the working class eats itself alive before the 1% really has to whip us anymore. We we are trained to whip each other now. So I, I, I feel that like one of the weirdest blurs uh, in the just the widening of the parties and, and the ex, ex, its extremities is that because like the oligarch gap on the Democrat side and the war machine is getting wider and with, like, the bootstrappy libertarian gap getting thicker and hardier on the Republican side, like, the real working class, like, they're left out of the conversation because you got one kind of oligarch to the left and then the guy who could kind of be an oligarch, but instead, like, he is, but he's throwing it away. Like, that's why I really don't see much of a difference between the just of left and the just of right guys. So, like, and it's really kind of put me in this weird, like, centrist Republican place lately because, like, I just, like, I, I'm i just trying to, like, see where, like, 
we lost the voice of reason as a party. Why wouldn't we want to make banks accountable and, and loan, you know, programs accountable? You know, I mean, these are people that have been paying 10 times what the loan was because they were taken advantage by a system that was unregulated, no different than the housing market. So every one of you guys that got bailed out of your house or got a PPP loan or cut some government cheese off of that pandemic UBI, bros, you got to let this one go. A lot of these people that are qualifying for this $20,000 off, I mean, they probably already spent like, 80 to 100k. Now, I mean, there are some people out there that haven't paid their loan, but quite frankly, like your life gets kind of screwed over even if you're not making like a $30 payment regularly. So, I I don't think that people get that like a lot of these people that are getting forgiven have not only been paying it, but they've like beyond paid it and they're still not out of the principal. So, it's it's kind of a crazy thing that like some of these people their lives have been held back by this debt. Like, imagine, like, the jobs you can't get because you got to prioritize a loan or else your credit's going to go through the tank. Or, you know, it just, there's a myriad of things that can make your life upside down because of your obligation to a debt. And we've essentially stunted 10 years of economy because we've been recycling all of this interest to the same people. And it's people that, I mean... That, that's supposed to be one-shot money. I mean, realistically, like, you don't want to give a high-interest loan to a kid because it's never going to come back. It's way too volatile. Like, that that was the stupidest part about inventing those and why they needed to be regulated. It's just like there's, what, you, you're going to think that, like, okay, uh, after eight years of freaking college and four years of grad school and a post-doctor whatever that, like, some kids finally gonna like immediately go about bam, I'm gonna pay it off like they won the lotto because like they got the greatest job ever. No, that's not how it happens. We all know how long it takes to like climb up the ladder, crawl your way through shit and mud just to be able to get the job of your dreams. And some of us never even get there. You know? So I mean, how many people with freaking like if I've lost count on how many GameStop employees I know with Nuclear vision degrees, hairdressers that could have been cops, cops that could have been psychologists, psychologists that could have been chemists, chemists that could have been like, and it's crazy, like to the point of like people have to go back to college twice. People, people have thrown away how many opportunities because that debt mired their chances of opportunity in their chosen field because it got in the way of their chosen life. So. You know, for those of you out there that think that, like, your taxes are paying for this or that, like, somebody's getting something that you can't have, you need to drop it. You just got to drop it right there at the door and go, you know what? This could help the economy. In a little way, you could take just a little heat off of someone in a working class whose life is just bent over backwards right now over a barrel. So it just now is the time. Especially as we're we're coming up on a holiday season, guys, let it go. There are far worse things in this world to be worrying about than whether or not your neighbor is paying as much as you because, you know, you don't understand how just toxic that loan was to their life and how much they didn't know about it when they were a kid and how much most of us as working class Americans really don't have any 
fiduciary responsibility to ourselves as well as we should because all of those vocational like adulting features are not an essential part of education anymore like go ask a high school kid how much they're taught about like banking home home ag like even just like fixing their own car the trade skills are gone art is sitting on a shelf ready to be kicked out like i mean the libertarian movement wants to get rid of the department of education uh, and i just like look guys you can tout the whole like the department of ed is secretly racist thing like no you just don't like the fact that it's telling you that you you may have to s- say sorry for a part of history that you feel that is not your part. It's just ownership of ancestry. And and, and I think that it, it just leads. And that's a whole di- another discussion on like CRT and unnecessary things. But like it's it's sadly all tied together, you know, in in this weird, intangible way that people piece parts of their personal narrative to hate or like something and and it's sad to see the working class tearing itself apart so i think that that's really like something that we as as a community need to be thinking about when we look at our neighbors and how hard of a time each of us are having it's like bro they take how many of our dollars to put them into bombs and missiles every day to think that at least one of my tax dollars is taking pressure off of another working class person's life. It just, that's more phenomenal to me right now. In a world at war, the peace and solace I find is one little less ounce of pressure on my brothers and sisters around me. So think about that and appreciate what it is. And if you can take advantage of it, take advantage of it and put your life as best on track as you can with its assistance. Moving forward. fast-paced world where many people are too busy to sit down and read books or news articles. But thanks to Newsly, you can now listen to the news you wish you had the time to read. By utilizing AI technology, a natural human voice reads you the news, helping you grasp the information faster and more efficiently. Newsly provides the latest news updates 24-7, letting you browse articles from topics you choose. It even has podcasts, including ours. And listeners of Rabbit Holes can get their first 30 days of premium for free, allowing you to enjoy an ad-free experience by using the special promo code in our episode description. So download Newsly today for free on iOS and Android or visit www.newsly.me so you can stay updated on the things that matter to you. Moving forward. Since we've already gone from the positive to the gray, let's let's get a little grayer here for a moment. Um, the Supreme Court has uh, rejected the appeal to give American Samoans citizenship. Now, not many people know that this is like constant like fight, but like um, you know, for those of you who don't know and know what it's like to be uh, you know part of the outlying territories there there's a lot more to america than the 50 stars on its flag and one of the craziest relationships 
had with America outside of Hawaii and Puerto Rico <laughs> that most people aren't really aware of is American Samoa and the status of them as citizens. Now, like, your, your average American Samoan isn't, isn't technically American. They're they're invited to the possibility. <laughs> they get they get to pay taxes. They get they get all the worry and none of the ability to do anything about it. It's yeah. So um, it's like uh, Puerto Rico plus or light, depending on like your dark scope on the world on how much you know. But then that the crazier thing that comes into that. But I'll get into that in a second. But so. There's a lot of this that stems from a thing known as the insular cases of 1901. Now, these these documents provide some arcane colonial verbiage, if you will, and, and opinions from sitting justices at the time. That These aren't really amendments. This isn't constitutional stuff. It's literally just like a series of litigation that has been used in reference to regulate the residents of territories and it's been used to justify the fact that they're not citizens because they're unfit to receive it. Like, and that's probably some of the more nicer words in there because a lot of it is very, uh, how do you say, old-fashioned without, <laughs> without calling it the hard R word, you know? Um, but so, you know, so people born in American Samoa and living in Utah have argued that this is all unconstitutional. Um, so they, they like to be, you know, something more than just nationals because a lot of them want to be citizens. They like to be able to vote. You know, they like to be become police officers. They like, you know, they like to they like to get all that should be coming to them as members of American society. So, you know, a, a trial judge ruled in their favor. But federal appeals court is saying that it's going to take Congress, which is like, I mean, that's that's the craziest part is like if these people want it, which like, I mean, we're going to go down both sides because we all know how like tawdry of an affair this could be, is that like they, you know, they are split. Just in just as much in the same way we are, same way Puerto Rico is, you know, you have your faction of people holding on to their culture and thinking that like if we become a part of this country, will it, you know, wash away what we were? Will we get gentrified like the rest of the Americans as it is, empty of heritage and just attending, uh, you know, Highland Games festivals, not knowing our heritage and wearing funny kilts on the weekends just to go, I think I remember something that my granddaddy could have been. So, I mean, that they're not wrong and not wanting it, you know? And then on, you know, you know, those looking to be citizens, I mean, for the opportunities that exist in this world, there's a lot that holds you back. So, you know, it, but it's something that we we share as Hawaiians. I mean, we we <laughs> we got we got a whole different case than the Indian nations. We still at least got to keep like our state, call it after us, didn't get reservations, trying for a casino. But I don't think it's a great idea. But like when you look at like where we're at with being a part of American government, 
being taken seriously because we have different practices in the way that we manage our communities. So then we just constantly get seen as, uh, you know, jungle politics to these people. So, I mean, I think that there's there's a hard part in recognizing what's right for your people versus what your people want slash need versus the sign of the times and how you have to play ball to survive. Um, I can't say on behalf of Samoa what they should do. I mean, it's 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 a terrible catch-22, you know? He, you know, from the sense of me, like, my perspective, being Hawaiian and dealing with Star, I was like, we're not American. Like, we're American by force. Like, it's as simple as that, you know? If Samoa came to, like, a real vote, not like some fake, like, we made we made a, a new sitting Congress on top of your monarchy, shoved you aside with a bayonet constitution, and then used carpetbaggers to vote you in. No. That, I mean, if, if American Samoa, you know, wants to take the effort to actually do it and accomplish it, but it has to be unanimous, I feel that's the only way to move forward and really save, you know, their culture, their being, their mana, you know, for legacy, is that they they have to decide it on as people. You know, we're we're still in that same fight as Hawaiians. You know, we we've been torn since day one. We're still fighting ourselves, each other. You know, families are torn apart on like, oh, but we're so proud to be American. But like, look what it gave us, and look what we still have to. You know, these are still our trials and tribulations. So it's. It's a lot to digest in the sense of like, you know, it's not just a simple will they, won't they join, you know? And I mean, again, if, if Puerto Rico is any sign of what it takes, I mean, how many up and down decades they've had, just depending on who comes in or who's lobbying the people, because there are some points where like Puerto Rico's like, we wholly accept our American overlords. And then like the next week it's like, <laughs> all of our special interests left and we finally have the will off our eyes. You guys are terrible. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's not to say that America itself, you know, we're, we're not in a state of disgust with, you know, America's people. It's not, you know, there's nothing wrong with being an American. There's, something wrong with the way that it's used its grandfathered colonial rules that they're still they're still holding on to which i mean that's the crazier part is like let's set aside the whether they will they won't they of trying to become american citizens let's just look at it from the perspective of things like you know these documents, you know, the insular cases and, and things like the Jones Act and, and like the, you know, what, that that 22 thing in Puerto Rico. Like, I mean, all of these just if if this was being imposed on a second world country by any other world power, America would use this as an excuse. But because we all got divided up in this post-World War II pile of like, okay, well, you're a protectorate slash you're a piece of the community, but like you got to pay taxes, but you don't get a real vote. And we're going to give you a member of Congress, but they're not going to get a vote either. I mean, you can have a governor if you want to, but they're probably going to get bought out by a corporation. And it's just like, that's, I mean, how many years did Hawaii put up with that? And we were a state. So think about that, guys, too. Is like, you can get that feature whether or not you're a part of the country. So <laughs> it's, 
It's it's a giant bag of cats just unleashed upon the world, and we have to sort each kitty one at a time and decide how bad they are, put them back in the bag, or let them run free. Uh, terrible analogy, but it's a terrible scenario. <laughs> and I and I think I uh, at the end of it all, like the only thing that like eases my migraine is laughing about it a little bit, and as we should. Because this is, I mean, this is what we've inherited. So if we can't have a little sense of humor about it at the end of the day, I don't know how we will continue to survive it or hand it off to our children. Hopefully, we don't. Um, speaking of things that I would hate to hand off to our children, but applies to everybody, not just those in clandestine territories of America. Uh, kids, 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 kids. For those of you that, like, know, know me and how prophetically doomsaying I have been about subjects like these, whether it's advertising on Facebook, influencing. The biggest thing that's, like, actually come up in conversation, which I'm glad that, like, other news sources are starting to cover it in the tech field, is that we have a bot problem of America. Bots have taken over. No, they've corrupted advertising. And it turns out fake online users may make up as much as 40% of all web traffic in the modern age. Now, like, what's even crazier is businesses are paying millions of dollars to advertise these bots and collect their data. And it's not just large corporations, it's small businesses. I mean, the industry has gotten used to it. You know, I've been doomsaying this for almost seven years now. Like, we, we, were, we were on the precipice of this just like a few years back. And and I'd been waving the sign like I, I I was testing out the system, seeing how people were trying to use these bots to their advantage. And it's there's I mean, there's a lot of different things that they could do it, you know, and it's crazy as like some of this is being referred to as ad fraud now, which it should be because like what it's saying it is and what it does versus the actual return. You know, it it's nuts. But this this level of chicanery <laughs> in internet advertising is is costing the industry well is it costing or is it making the industry somewhere north of 120 billion dollars a year you know so i mean some companies are against it uber turned off their advertising recognized that there was like no change in customer flow and we're like shit and sued their guys you know so like you know, there's some that are figuring it out. There's some that are, like, trying to make a change. But, like, what's crazy is, like, all the technology is there to just, like, figure out whether or not you got stuff. And then, I mean, now people are, like, essentially, like, you know, bot sniffing, you know, dogs. I mean, that's, like, half of my private gigs is just cruising through that. But, you know, it's it, what's nuts is that, like, nobody's really willing to investigate it. You know, cyber crimes in general, like, are still, like, that's, the books are still being written on that. That's how, like, far into the future that we live, but how much in the past the law is. Uh, so, I mean, but to really wonder about, like, how it got sideways was... It was the birth of an unnecessary middleman. And we're seeing this a lot because, like, the economy is the way it is. So... People who can eliminate a series of needs in a business all at once are like coming up as as gurus in modern American business because you have all these guys trying to do startups with like 
less than 10 people and they're trying to make a business that requires like 100. So they go and they find some guys on Fiverr and Craigslist and have them like, you know, telecomming from New Dilly for for like $10 a day. And, 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 and they're just running with it, you know? And, and, and what's nuts in that is like you've got a whole market of essentially they're just middlemen agents, you know, these like ad aggregators, distributors, like this this whole industry of people going, oh, well, why talk to NBC or why talk to Deadline or Slate or like why why buy straight from the paper like it's 1985 when you can buy from all these papers at once or buy from all these TV stations at once. So because of these convoluted combo deals that people see, they go in and they they give into these scam artists because they they don't want to or have the resources to employ an ad department or a market department. So on the promise of being distributed on multiple platforms and markets for an optimal fee and saving the time, they give into the con. And this con has gone on long enough to become an accepted standard. I mean, for everyone that I've been yapping your ear off about this, I hate to say, I told you so, but baby... I told you so. None of these guys involved want to solve this because of how much money this industry generates. You know? And then they don't they don't want to talk about the lie, but I highly doubt that the lie is at the forefront of why they don't want to talk about it because everybody knows. So it's just like it's it's just a secret that everybody knows, so nobody cares. And the American economy is in such a slump that it's like we we pulled the pin on this there there goes an excuse to spend 120 billion dollars which is kind of stupid to think about because we pulled the pin on this and made everybody ex- like re-expand like and internalize the marketing and ad industry to be a one-to-one peer experience with you know actual like papers and content farms or whatever who we want to advertise with go straight to the source you know it just they don't want to give up what they have, but they could certainly be making better money if they did and they fixed all this and, and they resituated it. But I, I, I think that we're so deep in to this way of doing business right now. That's just, I, I don't know if we're going to get out of it any soon, but like, I think the bigger thing we need to think about is like, all the things that we thought were popular in the past years. Were your likes influenced by bots? I mean, how many likes you put out there just to get your response on a meme or news article? And, and how much has it had an effect on the social morale of our country and the world? I mean, think about this. Misinformation is now beyond an intangible level we're not fully prepared for. There are now artificial agents living among us, delivering and atmosphere chatter and and reactions that make us feel comfortable in our consumer environment they tip us off on news we wouldn't normally go looking for they deliver tasteless jokes to a thread of generated laughter to encourage bad behavior and they're cheering us on or putting us down in the comments section i mean we must now be more aware of ourselves more than ever if we're to survive the age of bot influence whether it be in the sense of how it could shape the way we think or getting lost chasing down a dream of success by generating artificial popularity how we respond in the next few years could dictate if this truly becomes a continued feature of our digital society or just a terrible phase. But with the needs of our economy and what this market provides, I, I, don't, I don't see that happening anytime soon. I mean, in the meantime, protect yourself by verifying your friends, brands you interact with. Sometimes I will have to say it's okay to get a little nosy. 
and scope out members or a forum or those that react to a thread you like. And especially like if you're a business and you're trying to like learn how to grab your own audience and stuff like that, like fake comments are easy to spot, but nobody thinks about fake reactions that make someone look like the winner of an argument or the authority on something. So be safe out there on the World Wide Web because even though we've gone down a long road since the days of dialogue, it's still the wild, wild west out there. Well, mahalo for joining me today. I will catch you again this weekend with the entertainment and Maui local reports. You be good to each other out there. Aloha. <gasps>